610 Sports Radio. Radio. Yeah! It's time for What's Right with Nick Wright. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on the new 610 Sports Radio. Well, it is uh, Tuesday morning and Nick Wright is not here. As you know, uh, he had a personal loss in his uh, world and had to take the day off. So somebody thought it was a good idea to bring in the substitute teacher. And everybody knows when you got a substitute, it's time to clown the substitute. So welcome to it. I am Neanderthal. Welcome to uh, What's Right with Nick Wright on 610 Sports Radio. And happy Tuesday to you. Hope you had a great weekend. As we get uh, into a short week, we're two days away from the NFL kickoff with uh, Pittsburgh and Tennessee getting it done in uh, Pittsburgh, and I could not be more geeked about the NFL. However, we'll get to that a little bit later on. A couple of things I want to do. First of all, <clears throat> let's start off by giving you the phone number, 913-576-7610. And if you want to get in touch here and do that, you can also get in touch with me with the Applebee's text line, which is 87905. A couple of things will go on. One, I would like to have running throughout the morning, as obviously you know I know. I'm not a sports guy. I love sports. I'm an athletic supporter, but... I'm not a sports guy. I do have some definitive sports opinions, though, such as, is it a sport or is it not a sport? There are some things that are considered sports. Let's tell you, like ESPN considers spelling a sport, but doesn't consider the National Hockey League a sport. Otherwise, they would televise it. So this morning, I would love you to come in and chime in. We'll play a game. We'll call it Sport, Not a Sport. You give me a call at 576-7610. You tell me what the sport is, and I'll tell you whether or not it is a sport or not a sport. In my opinion, in order for it to be a sport, there has to be direct competition, or the defense has to be able to, uh, to affect the outcome of the game. So that'll be a game we run through the entire this morning. Also, we'll get to the Chiefs. We'll find out uh, where they're going into the season. I have some definitive opinions about that. I need to start off by saying, you know this if you've heard me in with Chris and Cowboy, I am one of the biggest, most passionate Oakland Raiders fans on the face of the earth. However, being a fan means sticking by your team at all times. And with the Chiefs being the way they've been the past couple of seasons, this is your test of fandom. This is, I believe, you pick your team, you stick by your team no matter what. Whether they're good, whether they suck, you stay by your team. However, past couple of years, Chiefs haven't been all that good. KU, MU, K-State, obviously Bill Snyder coming back to K-State. A lot more excitement about college football in the region. Are you paying more attention to KU and MU? Are you paying more attention to K-State? Obviously, again, with Bill Snyder coming back, a lot of people paying more attention to K-State uh, than they have in the past. You know, back in the years when, uh, when K-State was a national powerhouse. Now, KU and MU have rising programs. Are you paying a little bit more attention to those guys as, than you would because the Chiefs are not doing as well? We'll get into that if you'd like to. You want to talk about Sean Merriman? That's a weird situation. Uh, big story out of San Diego still. Sean Merriman arrested a couple days ago for alleged uh, domestic uh, assault on Tila Tequila, who is not a television star, by the way. We hear everybody talking about her being a reality television star. Puck from MTV was a reality television star, too, back in the day. She is an opportunist. She's somebody that just wants to get attention and somebody that I would not say is above filing false police reports. That is not to say that if Sean Merriman did hit Tila Tequila... I advocate that in any way, shape, or form. There is no excuse for a man putting his hands on a woman, ever. Unless, of course, he's paying for it. Then it's all good. All bets are off. And in Tequila Tequila's case, who knows? That's a weird story. If you want to talk about that, we can talk about that as well. Uh, I also think that uh, the Chiefs, a lot like my Raiders, the Chiefs don't look as good today as they did five weeks ago. There was optimism when everybody went into camp. 
everybody thought, okay, well, we brought Zach Thomas in. We hired, we brought in uh, Bobby Ingram. We brought in Terrence Copper. We brought in some good wide receivers. We brought in a couple of different guys that we think can add some veteran leadership to this football team. And then five weeks later, Matt Castle was hurt. Zach Thomas doesn't make the team. Uh, they've made some changes. Obviously, uh, McIntosh is gone. Obviously, Bernard Pollard is gone. So my thoughts are the Chiefs don't look as good today as they did five weeks ago. Are you optimistic? Have you already written off this season? And if that's the case, you're probably paying a little bit more attention if you're a football fan, uh, if you're a football fan to KU and MU and K-State. With that in mind, I'll ask you this. Are K-State, KU, and MU now considered legitimate national football powers? Are they considered teams that are on the rise, that are placed, a legitimate place that you would think of as a football school? Traditionally, KU, obviously one of the greatest in basketball. I don't think that's even open to debate. But now, with Mangino bringing the profile of that, that program up, with Gary Pinkle making MU a national powerhouse, is that something that you agree with or disagree with? Five seven six seven six ten. You want to get in on that? I think this weekend was uh, uh, didn't really prove anything for anybody. I think people are freaking out. KU was supposed to beat Northern Colorado. I think if you're going to be a national football team, a national football power, you can't schedule blood money games anymore. So if you're starting to look at KU and MU and K State as being legitimate football powers uh, in, in in the NCAA. The days of Northern Colorado have got to go away. The days of scheduling Duke or UTEP on your schedule have got to go away. So there you go. Uh, oh, got a great text in. Here's a great one for the first one. Is beer pong a sport? Kelly in Kansas City. Beer pong is only a sport, and I don't know the rules of beer pong, not being somebody that's ever played. In beer pong, do you have the opportunity to defend against the, the ball going into the cup? You don't. Like, beer pong is like quarters, not a sport. Unless the defense can influence the outcome of the sport, not a sport. NASCAR, turning left quickly is not a sport. NASCAR, this is the one that I knew. We talked about this. Uh, I was talking to Trevor in the studio. As soon as I expressed my opinion on NASCAR, he said the phones were going to light up huge. So here you go, 5767610. NASCAR, only a sport when rubbing is racing. If, you're, if there's contact in there, then NASCAR is a sport. A clean race is not a sporting event. A clean race is an exhibition of driving skill, not a sport. So there you go. Let's go to JT in Missouri, 5767610. You're first on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, JT? Hey, what's up, bro? Hey, uh, I agree with you on the NASCAR thing. Never been a NASCAR fan. And uh, I wanted to make a comment on the Missouri Tigers this weekend, who look great in their uh, quarterback play. I think they, although it is just one game, I think they proved they uh, can reload and not have to go through a rebuilding. I got a bunch of crap from KU fans all uh, off season about how they're going to suck this year because they lost Chase Kaufman and all these players. But it's obvious Gary Pinkle knows what he's doing, at least when it comes to quarterback. He's not, this will be his third straight. If this guy turns out, I don't want to jinx him. But, uh, I mean, he just looked unstoppable out there being his first real action in a game where it's not like a blowout from last year. Um, I mean, this kid's going to be in the NFL easy. He has the height unlike um, Chase from last year. And um, I think they're just, they're getting to the point where they're just reloading, and hopefully they'll keep it up. Um, they're getting a lot of players now in from St. Louis who used to go to other schools. They're getting a lot of Kansas City players. They're getting a lot of Texas. So hopefully we just need to get to the point where the North can compete with the South, um, and hopefully we'll be able to get there. And uh, about the thing with the sports, 
Yeah. I was going to throw poker out there. I don't think it's a sport. I no. hate it when it's on ESPN. It drives me nuts. I don't know how people sit there and watch it. I don't know how they get any money from that. But anyway, um, I just thought I'd listen to your comments on that. All right, man. I appreciate it, JT. Uh, poker, not a sport. Uh, ESPN obviously feels like it's a good way to, to kill some late night. But no, poker is not a sport. It's a great game. And, and in Nick Wright's case, it's a chance for extra income. But it's not a sport. Uh, as far as MU, I think of all the three teams that played this weekend, I think MU was the most impressive, and not because I have any allegiance to any one school. I'm not even from Kansas City originally. I'm not even from Missouri. I grew up in Boston where college sports really don't really matter, uh, with the exception of a couple of years of Boston College being good in the mid-'80s. But looking at the teams that got played this weekend, I mean, let's face it, MU, Illinois was supposed to be a legitimate Big Ten contender this year. Juice Williams was supposed to be making his statement as uh, a legitimate Heisman contender this year, and they just got smacked. I mean, MU just walked in there and slapped them all over the place, and nobody expected that to happen. I mean, you lose Chase Daniel, you lose Jeremy Macklin, you lose Chase Kaufman, you would think that that team would have at least, uh, you know, it wouldn't have been as dominant a performance as it was. That Illinois team was supposed to be a lot better uh, than they showed this past weekend. So MU was very, very impressive. Again, KU was supposed to beat up Northern Colorado. I think the interesting game this weekend and the amount of, of flack that Bill Snyder is taking already at K-State for not being able to put away UMass as definitively as, let's say, MU or KU did over the weekend. I mean, you got to understand, this guy is coming in. It's a new system. It's a brand new, uh, uh, a brand new regime and probably a new philosophy at K-State. And, and they still won, but again, this goes back to that scheduling where you can no longer schedule cream puffs. There's no benefit in beating UMass 21-17. There's just no benefit to that. In anything, if later on down the line, that win over a weak football team, who just a couple of years ago were still in Division One AA, that subdivision category, uh, beating that team 21-17 and not putting up any points in the second half, later on down the season when they say your team is bowl eligible, that could be the difference between a legitimate bowl and you know one of those uh, th- day-after-Thanksgiving bowls that nobody really cares about. So you got that. Five seven six seven six ten. It's Neanderthal in for Nick Wright. What's right? As uh, we'll go to Nate. Table tennis is table tennis a sport, Nate? You tell me. I believe table tennis is absolutely a sport. It's more of a sport, I think, than track and field, because there's direct competition. In table tennis, you are playing against somebody. Badminton, same thing, right? Correct. All right. So then we're in agreement. We're in agreement. Can I say one more thing? Absolutely. Uh, you were talking about loyalty and trust, and I. Oh, you're cutting out, man. You want to try and put him on hold and see if you can get him back? All right, I appreciate that. Scott, uh, track and field. Go ahead, Scott. Tell me track and field is a sport. Track and field is a sport. Yep. I mean, it's competitive. It's athletic. It's an objective. Those are the three components for something to be a sport. But there's no direct competition. If two guys are running against each other or ten guys are running against each other, how is that not direct competition? Because you cannot impede the other guy from winning. There's no defense in that. Well, I did it. Okay. I, I don't think there has to be defense. I think it has to be athletic. I think it has to be competitive. And I think it has to be objective. So I have problems with things like gymnastics and diving where judges decide who wins the event. It's not, it's not competitive. It's not, there's no objectivity to it. That, that actually brings me to another point. And you're right there. Uh, I mean, anything where you have subjective judging in there, ice skating, uh, unless you, know, you, know, you can definitively tell somebody when they figure skate, if they blow a jump, uh, that that was a mistake, that, that, you know, that you can take points off for that. But uh, you're right. Anything that's subjective where you start bringing in the human element, which brings us to boxing or MMA or, or I mean, wrestling is obvious because there's certain things that have to be, and I'm talking about real wrestling, not professional wrestling, because professional wrestling is the sport of kings, and if anybody says otherwise, I will drop a bionic elbow on you. But as far as boxing, there's another one of those subjective sports where you see two guys, and you've, how many times have you seen it? You see two guys in there, and they pound each other out for 12 rounds, 
and then the decision just goes in a direction. You go, what the hell was that guy watching? So, yeah, anytime you start talking about uh, judge sports uh, or subjective judging, no, I think I got some questions on whether or not that's a sport. Let's go to Ron, who uh, wants to talk. Five seven six seven six ten. Your sport is what, Ron? Hey, man, you think bowling's a sport? No. You don't? No, unless you can throw the ball into the next lane and knock the other guy's ball away from hitting the pin. No, it's not a sport. You're competing against yourself. You're just trying to get the high. It's like that. Now, that would make pinball a sport. Well, they got, they got uh, championship bowling tournaments. Ain't that a sport? It's not a sport. It's a game. It's a great game. I love bowling. I think bowling is a blast, but it's it's certainly not a sport. Anything where you don't compete directly with somebody else, and I think I guess track and field, a race uh, against each other, two guys racing against each other, competing, I guess that's a sport. I think when you start time trialing it uh, and you start giving awards for world records for speed, I don't think those records should count as sporting records. I think they should count as great athletic uh, competition. But, uh, yeah, it has to be some direct sport. So there you go. Mark, 576-7610. I was almost giving you my old radio station uh, phone number. Sport or not a sport, uh, running with the Bulls. That's right. Running with the Bulls, definitely a sport. Absolutely. Yes, because you have to be athletic. You have to be able to dodge the ball, and there is definitely physical contact. And there's the potential for serious physical injury, and I think that should also count in, is whether or not it is a sport. If you can be hurt doing it, you know, it's a sport. You know, like, uh, hell, sledding would be a sport, because you could sled into a tree. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> if there's a potential for injury, yes, I think it's a sport. Sport, not a sport. Feel free to weigh in on that. Five seven six seven six ten. As we continue on at six ten Sports Radio, Neanderthal in for Nick Wright, who's out today. Uh, more things you want to get into, and I, I still want to talk a little bit more about uh, about this uh, national football thing with NCAA football and your your program making a, a move forward. Uh, I'm looking at some of the schedules, and I see KU's get, you know already beat Northern Colorado. They're going to play Duke. They're going to play UTEP. MU opened and beat up in Illinois, but then they got to play Bowling Green. Like, what's the benefit of beating Bowling Green? You know, later on down the line, the BCS, as much as we think is garbage, they start thinking about strength of schedule. And say you go, you know, 9-2, and two, or you go 10-1 and one or 10-2, and two, and one of those wins is against Bowling Green and one of those losses is against OU or Texas, which should count more, the win against Bowling Green or the loss against Texas? I think if you're going to make your team uh, a national contender for the national championship, and a couple of years ago, MU got as high up as, as two, right, as ranked at number two, do you really think if they were in the national title game and they won that national title game that they would have been awarded the national championship? I know the way the BCS is set up, but the way it is all set up, you're supposed to run the table. And Utah goes undefeated last year, and they should have had a piece of the national championship because that's the way the schedule is run up. Look at last night. Everything that was great about college football happened in Florida State, uh, Miami, and that loss last night is going to effectively eliminate Florida State from national title contention. So you run the table. You beat Bowling Green. You beat Furman. Let's just say MU goes on and beats Texas or beats OU and then wins the Big 12 championship and they get into everything. Uh, you know, will that, will that strength of schedule come back to hurt them? Bowling Green and Furman and Nevada? Yeah, I think it will. I think it might. 576-7610. You want to get in touch as we continue on. It's uh, Neanderthal in for Nick Wright. Uh, what's right? 610 Sports Radio. Uh, you can get in touch that way. You also want to send a text. Maybe you're at work. You're screwing around. We'll continue on with sport, not a sport. Also talk a little bit more about uh, college football and what you would think about if you're thinking about coming to school. If you're, if you're a parent or you're a, a high school senior right now, maybe you're great at Rockhurst and you're thinking about what school you want to attend. Let me make the case for some of the local schools at that. We'll continue on as Neander Paul sits in for Nick Wright on 610 Sports Radio. 
You're listening to What's Right. What's Right with Nick Wright on KCSP 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to What's Right with Nick Wright. KCSP 610 Sports Radio. All right, welcome back. Tuesday morning, 610 Sports Radio. It's Neander Paul sitting in for Nick Wright, who uh, has a day off. He'll be back tomorrow where you can join 610 Sports Radio from 1130 to 1 for the 7th Annual American Royal Boots Barbecue and Business Lunch at the Hale Arena. Steve Palermo, whose story is amazing, is going to be this year's special guest speaker. He'll be sharing his story of inspiration, motivation, perseverance, heartbreak, humor, and love. Proceeds from the event help support the American Royals' youth and education mission. Enjoy great barbecue served up by Oklahoma Joe's. To order tickets and more information, you can log on to 610sports.com. That's 610sports.com. 5767610. As we continue on, uh, I am sort of more of loose, uh, sort of more of a loose sports show today. As you know, I am not a sports guy. I normally work on a rock radio station, but uh, as we are all owned by the same corporate bastards, uh, we talked a lot of smack in the hallways, and somebody thought it would be a good idea. Hey, Nick's going to be out. Let's put uh, Neanderthal on for a couple hours. So I decided today to keep it loose. Uh, I was going to go with what most people do. Somebody just sent in a text that says, being a uh, sports talk host. Let me see if I can get this one here. Oh, uh, Did you guys delete that one? Did you block that guy? There he is. Sports radio host definition. A person with no real skills, useful in a normal job market, relies on his ability to run his mouth for hours on end, not a real job, would starve to death in a survival situation. Maxim Warrensburg. You're right. You're absolutely right. I'm ripping this company off right now. It's, uh, and, it's, and I'm all right with that. Five seven six seven six ten. Sport, not a sport. I, I just found out, I've been told that uh, beer pong, as I am not a beer pong player or an aficionado, I have been told that beer pong actually does have some defensive moves, which include fingering, blowing, sucking, and slapping a bounce shot which sounds like something you can do in East St. Louis uh, for a couple of bucks on a Thursday night. So there you go. Either that or you're clowning me right now like the, uh, like the substitute teacher and filling out the attendance card with uh, Richard Hertz and Michael Hunt. I'm guessing one of those two things are happening right there. So there you go, 576-7610. Mike wants to talk a little bit about MU and KU's programs being on the rise. Go ahead, Mike. What's up? You're next on 610 Sports Radio. Morning, Neander Paul. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it, man. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the programs being on the rise. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head there that they're they're both coming up at a, a good time for the city. Uh, with sure. With being down, it's definitely something to, to take our minds off of that. And, you know, the Royals have been junk for so many years anyway. Um, but the, I think this year is the test for Missouri to find out whether Gary Pinkle built a team or whether he's building a program. And I think next year is going to be the test for Kansas once they lose Todd Reesing. Uh, Missouri came out of the gates and punched a good team in the mouth Absolutely. and beat them down. And I think that, uh, that, that, that makes a long stride towards uh, building Missouri's reputation nationally. Now, as far as scheduling teams like Bowling Green, you know, Everybody does it. Uh, and realistic- yeah, but, yeah, but See, that's the problem, though. We get to the point at the end of the season when people start arguing over national championships, and when you're playing you know, the St. Joe School of Culinary Arts, there's, no, there's nothing in there. Those blood money games only benefit the small school. Let's face it. Nobody would be talking about Boise State had they not slapped OU in that bowl game, right? They were a second-tier team. That's a good point, but look at it realistically. Uh, you know, we're in the Big 12. Uh, the, power conferences, the power conferences, if you go undefeated, 
you get to play in the national championship game. Now, Utah might have had a little bit of a, a gripe last year, and I can agree with that. But aside from that, Georgia is the only team in history that's had a, a legitimate gripe about not playing in the national championship. Well, that's not true. A couple of years back, Tulane University went 13-0, and and were beating guys by an average of like 42, 45 points. And they had a gripe, but this was, what, 1999-2000. So it's yeah. happened before. There, there's, I mean, if the guy runs the table and goes undefeated, you should put them in the game. I, I can agree with that. But, you know, then again, you're looking at the strength of schedule there. If they're not playing in a power conference, you know, then, then they've got to schedule the, the Ohio States and the USC's of the world. And what if you did if this? If you do that, then, you know, you don't have a gripe. But if you're playing in a power conference and you go undefeated, you get to go. If you don't go undefeated, you don't have a legitimate gripe. What, what if you did this like they do in professional football? You're in the Big 12, and I appreciate the call, Mike. Uh, you're in the Big 12, and you play the other 11 teams in the Big 12. I know there's the Big 12 North and the Big 12 South, but look, in the AFC, they do the same thing, too. They've got everything subdivided, but you still have to play in the AFC, and your strength of conference record will will def- depend on what your seeding is later on when it gets to the playoff, which brings us to the huge can of worms of should there be an NCAA college playoff. Yeah, I think we all agree there should be. I got a text that just came in at the Applebee's text line at 87905. It says, MU plays in the Big 12, and they'll play at least four ranked teams, two highly ranked in Texas and Oklahoma State. There's your strength. Well, no, it's really not your strength. Look at uh, some of these these independent schools like Notre Dame, and again, Notre Dame gets run no matter what. They're going to be in a bowl game if they go, you know, two and nine, just because they're Notre Dame and their fans travel well. But you've got somebody like Bowling Green and, and Furman, you've got, they play some of these I don't know, uh, a, a tech school, Tennessee Tech, like later on when K-State plays Tennessee Tech, that should be a 75 to nothing blowout. And that used to happen back in the day. Remember when Nebraska used to beat teams 84 nothing before Bill Callahan screwed up that program? Which, by the way, you're welcome, Nebraska. As a Raider fan, you're welcome for the Bill Callahan era. Now you know how our, our pain feels, what it feels like for us. 576-7610, you want to get something, and we'll do that right now. Uh, let's see, what's another, another game? Golf? Yeah, Will, let's go. Five seven six seven six ten. Will, tell me, is golf a sport or not a sport? Uh, I have a couple of things. First of all, golf, it, it has to be a sport. sport. I don't play a whole lot, but it's got one of the greatest athletes of all time in Tiger Woods. But you're not a great is, is he one of the greatest athletes of all time? Is, is proficiency at golf, does that make you a great athlete? I would agree. Look at his proficiency at golf. I mean... The guy's ripped. You can put him anywhere, and he'd probably do anything. So yeah, but yeah. there are a lot of there are a lot of guys that are ripped. Triple H is ripped. That doesn't make him uh, a great athlete. It just means he's good with the weights. And I'm not and I'm not I'm not de- denying that Tiger Woods is a great athlete. I'm asking you, just because you're good at golf, does that make you a great athlete? Um, yes, I, I I believe it does. Okay. And I don't I I would disagree with you on the fact that golf is a sport. Golf is an amazing skill. It's an amazing, being able to hit a ball 300 yards and put it into a hole is an amazing skill, but there's no direct competition. The defense, if you're playing a, a round of golf with somebody, you're really competing against yourself. You can't influence, uh, the defense can't influence the outcome of the game. So I would say golf is a great game, but I wouldn't say it was a sport. Okay. What do you think? You just spoke about them. I'm actually from Nebraska. You don't hear much down here. What do you think about the Oscars this year? Well, I mean, I, I'm not a big uh, a big Nebraska fan, so I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm not educated well enough. Unlike some other sports guys who will tell you everything that they know, everything about everything about a, a college sports fran- a sports team. I don't know enough about Nebraska. I haven't watched them enough. I wouldn't be able to give you an educated guess on that. So I apologize for that. Five seven six seven six ten. And again, we, now we were talking about being a, a national power in the NCAA, and now there's an opportunity. For guys like, I would say that, that KU has one of the sleeper wide receivers, best wide receivers in America in Desmond Briscoe. 
right? I don't think anybody would disagree. I think his performance on the field has showed that. And the fact that KU just walloped Northern Colorado without Briscoe playing because he was suspended for violating some team rules back in the spring, uh, I, you know, I think that uh, you're looking at a, an opportunity for kids that are 17, 18 years old. Maybe you're an amazing running back from Rockhurst. Maybe you're uh, at a school somewhere in, in eastern Missouri, and you're thinking, okay, I could go to one of the big, the traditional powers. I could go to Ohio State. I could go to Florida State. I could go to Miami. I could go to Nebraska. I could go to OU or Texas. What if you go to those schools and you spend the first two years on the bench? Some would say that's probably a good place for you because you're a freshman, you're 18 years old, you're going to college, you're away from home, and you should be focusing on your school studies instead of playing football. That's not why you're there. Those that would say uh, college is for education, uh, I think there's... uh, there's a legitimate debate to be made there. There are some kids that are going to school just to play football. I'll give you a great example. I happen to be an Ohio State football fan, and Andy Katzenmoyer is functionally illiterate. But when he played at Ohio State, he hit the guy in the other color jersey. He knew that. He knew his primary colors, and he knew that if somebody wasn't wearing scarlet or gray, hit them. Hit the man with the ball. And I think there are certain guys that obviously go to school for nothing but that. They're not going there to be Mensa, although the NCAA would be mad at me for saying that they're not institutes of higher learning. But look what happened at Notre Dame a couple of years back when uh, one of their alumni said, we have to recruit better athletes. And the university said, you are fired because we are a university and we're not a sports school. Now you've got these kids that are thinking about going to school. They're 18 years old, and they're looking at their college choices, and they're looking at Nebraska, and they're looking at OU, and they're looking at Texas, and they're looking at some of the bigger schools, and they think they're going to spend the first two years of their college football career on the bench. Or do you go to KU or MU or K-State and get an opportunity to, uh, to play football immediately? I guess you can get an opportunity there either way. Oh, we got somebody that wants to defend golf as a sport. I'm good with that. Five seven six seven six ten. Go ahead, Kozak. Defend golf as a sport. How is golf a sport? I tell you what. If there's muscle memorization involved and hand-eye coordination involved, now I know you, your stance is there's no defense, but you got to define defense. If there's strategy involved, if, if if I know my guy went into the creek. Then I'm my, that my defense is going to be I'm not going to go for the green. I'm going to lay up and make sure I get there ahead of him. I think that's that's where you're missing the point on is it a sport. Now, I do not think gymnastics is a sport. If you get graded by judges, it's a competition. Well, then boxing is not a sport. I, I, I agree. I don't think boxing is a sport. I really don't think boxing is a sport. you got two guys up there just going at it. Um, I think, again, boxing is a competition. Is fencing a sport? Pardon me? Is fencing a sport? I don't know, fencing's gay. <laughs> <laughs> there are some people that would say uh, that say gymnastics would be as well. I would agree with you. I don't think gymnastics is a sport. I think it's an amazing athletic uh, display, but I'm not sure it's a sport. Uh, you know, again, you have to be an athlete to do it. If muscle memory is the answer, then I think video games are a sport because you know if you've got to have hand-eye coordination. Uh, video games would then be a sport. And I wouldn't be surprised if we don't start seeing video game competitions. I mean, we've already seen Madden Nation on uh, the NFL Network and on ESPN. So we'll continue on with that. Sport, not a sport, as Neanderthal sits in, 576-7610. You can also get in on the Applebee's text line, 87905, as I sit in for Nick Wright on What's Right on 610 Sports Radio. What's Right, What's Right, Nick Wright on KCSP 610 Sports Welcome back to What's Right with Nick Rice on KCSP 610 Sports Radio. I am not Nick Wright. I will never be Nick Wright. I'm much, much thicker than Nick Wright. 
Taking a day off uh, to attend to some personal stuff. It's Neanderthal sitting in for Nick Wright. 610 Sports Radio. 576-7610. You want to get something in, we can do that. You can also get in touch by way of the Applebee's text line at 87905. What are we talking about this morning? Uh, I got into this when we started off in a blatant attempt to try and cover for my glaring lack of sports knowledge overall. With sport, not a sport. Is it a sport? Is it not a sport? We've gone, we've gone over a couple of different ones. Golf being a sport. I got a text that came in here. It says, when a 60-year-old man in Tom Watson can come inches away from winning a major championship, there's no way it's a sport. That's harsh, man. You can't do that to Tom Watson. I, look, I can't play golf. I actually I tried playing golf once uh, in Memphis, Tennessee. I was on a really nice course, and about four hours into the round, we were eight holes into it and keeping score with beer cans, which I think is a good way to keep score in any event. Uh, but the starter comes up, he rolls up on his golf cart, he says, I'm sorry, we're going to have to ask you to leave. And I'm like, did we do something wrong? He said, no, we just like to let our guests get their round in inside of four hours. And I said, I would like to as well, I'm just not that good. So golf, not a sport because it's elitist. And they put it, they, they apparently say, if you're not good at it, they kick you off the field. God, if we can only get that to happen at Kaufman. Well, how great would that be? I say the day after the Royals have an impressive win over the Angels. How great was that game yesterday? So we continue on 576-7610. We're also talking about uh, the rise of KUMU and K-State sports. Uh, if they are going to be considered legitimate football powerhouses in the national, uh, for a national championship, you have got to stop uh, scheduling guys like Furman and Bowling Green and Tennessee Tech on there. And if you're a kid or you're a parent and you're thinking about sending your kid to a college, if you're a kid and you want to think about playing football on Sundays... KU and MU and K-State now legitimate outlets for you to get an opportunity to do that. I mean, I think you would see Chase Daniel just got picked up by the Saints, put on their practice squad. Do you think that in two years Chase Daniel is actually going to be the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints? Is Drew Brees going to retire or are they going to trade him? Is something going to happen there? Or is Chase Daniel just getting a pass and he's sort of a, an insurance policy under Sean Payton's offense? That'd be kind of cool. Chase Kaufman, I think, has made the team. Did he make the team in, uh, in Cincinnati? I think he did. So good for him. And Jeremy Macklin might end up being... Uh, the NFL Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, if he can just hold on to the football uh, for Philadelphia this year because he's going to get a lot of balls thrown his way. So if you're a parent or you're a kid and you're thinking about going to school and playing football on Sundays, uh, are KU and MU and K-State legitimate outlets for you right now? Will wants to talk about it, 576-7610. MU football, Will, what's up, brother? Hey, you do a great job, Paul, man. I love it when you're on with Chris and Cowboy in the afternoon, man. I appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. Hey, hey, you know, this is an argument, Paul, that my friends and I have been having for the last four or five years because they're big Gary Pinkle fans, and I'm not. Okay. And my, my reason for that, Paul, is that Missouri hasn't beat anybody. And, and they go to a bowl every year, and we're all excited, and, and then we get this argument and say, well, they, they suck for so long, we just ought to be happy that they're going to bowls. But I can't get happy. I get excited about a football team who beat Southeast Missouri State and Bowling Green and Furman and Nevada and all these bums. And when, it, when the money's on the table, when the real games come up, Missouri can't win that game. It's only one game that I can really point a finger at over the last five years that really meant a lot to me as a fan, and that was the KU game two years ago. That was a, a great football game. That was a great football game. Okay, but tell me who else has Missouri beaten when it really counted. Well, they beat most of the people that get put in front of them. I mean, they had a pretty big bowl win a couple of years ago as well. And, I, and you're making my point for me, yeah. which is they, they certainly beat a team that was expected to be better than they were this past weekend in Illinois. Illinois was supposed to be considered a legitimate Big Ten contender this year. Uh, this was supposed to be the year of Juice Williams' maturation, and they got punked right. by MU, who are supposed to be in a rebuilding year. They didn't rebuild. They didn't look like they lost a step. No. So I think there's something to be said for that. I think that with the rise of the program over the past couple of years, they're starting to get a better caliber of player. And I think you've got to give Gary Pinkle some credit for that. You may not be a fan, 
But you got to give him some credit. I mean, he he has. Who was talking about MU five years ago? Well, I'll give him credit for this. I'll give him credit for this in that he has figured out what a lot of major college coaches have figured out, and that is this: get your six or seven wins, get into a bowl, and your program is 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 there. Because that's all these guys have to do. You go six and six, seven and five. You've got a bowl. Your school, your athletic department's making money. You're secured as a coach. Well, no, you've made a very good point. Let's face it. In the NCAA, it's not supposed to be about about dollars, but it is absolutely money is the lifeblood of all society, including sports, and especially at the NCAA level. How much money do you think they make off those MU jerseys now that they weren't making a few years ago? I mean, there's a certain, uh, you know, yes, you, you win your six or seven games, you go to a bowl game, and your, your university makes money. Now, six and seven wins at MU and KU and K-State might be enough, or it might have been enough a few years ago, but now you're expected to win eight, maybe nine games and contend for the Big 12 championship every year and maybe be in the national title picture as well. You've got a situation where, and again, I, I reference Ohio State because I happen to be a fan of their football program. A few years back, John Cooper won 82 or 83% of his games, but he did not beat his rival. He went like two, I think it was two ten and one against Michigan, and he was fired. So at some point, yeah, there becomes another expectation. And when, you, when your program gets to a certain level and you win a certain amount of games, then it comes down to beating your rival. I think if Gary Pinkle doesn't beat KU a couple of times, I think you're going to have a situation where you could have a John Cooper thing. But, yeah, if, to be a national championship contender, you can't be playing some of these cream puff teams, and you raise a very valid point. MU certainly will have to schedule a couple of more teams. And I think, uh, uh, was it K-State that goes to UCLA? Yeah, K-State goes to UCLA. That's going to be an interesting test uh, early on in the Bill Snyder era and the new Bill Snyder era as we continue on. 576-7610. I'm interested in those thoughts as well. We need to get into uh, some of the NFL, too, as well, because we've got uh, NFL kicking off in, in two days and a bunch of guys released over the weekend that could possibly help the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I know Rogers talked a lot of bit about the, uh, the Chiefs this morning, so we'll get into that as well. There's a couple of guys, a couple of names there that I think could help the team as well. And... Let's continue on with sport, not a sport, if you want. five seven six seven six ten. You can also send a text into the Applebee's text line at 87905. Is swimming a sport? Um, well, you can drown, so I guess it could be a sport. Uh, I think, no, I think, I think swimming is not a sport, but I do think water polo is a sport. I think swimming is a great athletic uh, activity, but there is direct competition. You are racing. Uh, Michael Phelps is racing other guys, so there is direct competition and the ability for serious injury and or death so yeah, I guess swimming could be a sport. I I guess that I guess that could work right there. Hide and seek is hide and seek a sport? Wow, I don't know. Hide and seek could be a sport. I mean, uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna defer on that one. You tell me if hide and seek is a sport. As we continue on to hide and seek, really? <laughs> Five seven six seven six ten. Tommy wants to defend boxing as a sport. Tommy, by all means, bring it. What do you got? No, I totally think boxing is a sport. I mean, it's one-on-one. Oh, I agree. Beating the hell out of each other. It's a, it's a sport. But I think there's some, there's some serious problems with boxing, and I'm a huge boxing fan. Don't get me wrong at the same time, but it's definitely a sport because it takes athletic ability to get out there and do that. I think that there has to be a definitive scoring system in boxing, though. I, I would agree with you. Boxing sort of sits, straddles the line between sport and and not a sport, only because it's subjective. Obviously, there's direct competition. Obviously, the defense can, uh, can affect uh, the outcome of the game because you're punching a guy in the face and you're trying not to be hit. And I, that's why I mentioned fencing when I, when I talked about boxing because fencing is also a sport. You're trying to tag a guy and get points in that. So there has to be a definitive scoring 
system in boxing in order for it to, for it to be legitimized. Because when you see guys pound guys out for 10 out of the 12 rounds, and then the, the, the judges suddenly see a different fight, I mean, somewhere along the line there has to be some stability and rigidity in the scoring system of boxing for it to be considered legitimate. And I do think that the, the corruption in the sport has caused it to fall out of favor. At least in MMA, you know who wins that. But, but you consider MMA a sport. Uh, no, I don't. I think I consider it human pit bull fighting. <laughs> I do. I, I, I think it's. I think it's. It's. I think it's a combination of wrestling and full contact karate, both of which are legitimate sports. But I think MMA just goes a little. It's a blood sport, um, and I think those guys are amazing athletes, and have nothing but respect for what they do. I'm just not a huge fan of it. I think anything that Brock Lesnar can do well in, or Kimbo Slice can do well in. Um, you know, there are some guys now out there that are fantastic in MMA. Uh, Kung Lee, for example. There's a, a middleweight guy named Kung Lee who is a phenomenal competitor, a phenomenal athlete. Um, but I think MMA is just, it's a blood sport. Um, I think that at its essence is absolutely a sport, but I think the way it's promoted and the way the average fan watches it, uh, they don't view it as a sport. They view it as human pit bull fighting. Like I said, the only reason I call, I, I kind of, Got in late on the on the call. Who said boxing wasn't a sport? I think boxing is absolutely a sport. Oh no, I I would agree with you. I just do think that boxing has some problems that questions its uh, brings into question its legitimacy when you start talking about subjective scoring. Um, and I think that that you know that hurts boxing overall. Five seven six seven six ten. You want to get something in its goods? Neanderthal in for Nick Wright on six ten Sports Radio. Applebee's text line is eight seven nine. Zero five. If you want to get in touch, six ten Sports Radio giving you a way to cut your bills in half. Go to six ten Sports dot com and click on Kansas City Perks. You'll find gift certificates to your favorite restaurants for half price or more, like Old Shawnee Pizza, a Kansas City tradition for over forty years, with locations in Shawnee and KCK. Get a fifty dollars gift certificate for just twenty five dollars. Don't wait for a bailout. Go to six ten Sports dot com and click on Kansas City Perks to start saving half. Five seven six seven six ten. Continue on. Uh, we do have a couple of vets that were released in the NFL. Guys that I think can help. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs this year. Obviously, uh, we went into training camp looking at, and I'm not a Chiefs fan, I'll, I'll preface it by that, but I'm not going to badmouth the Chiefs. I'm going to look at it legitimately and objectively. Uh, the one thing that hasn't been addressed specifically by Todd Haley and Scott Pioli is the offensive line. The offensive line has been abominable here for a couple of years. Obviously, once Willie Rofe went away, everybody went, oh, no, what are we going to do? And Brian Waters is sort of left out there on an island unto himself. They brought a couple of new guys in there. Uh, one of the guys that got released that I thought would have been great to come in here was Tony Pachos from the Jags, but uh, apparently San Francisco has brought him in. I am not surprised to see Ryan O'Callaghan uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs, but let me go down the list of a couple of other guys that should be able to help this football team. I don't think uh, bringing I don't think I think there's 32 teams out 31 other teams because I think the Oakland Raiders were stupid to cut Jeff Garcia, but I know why they did it. The reason they cut him was because he was never going to be satisfied as a backup. And I think that with uh, the quarterback situation here in Kansas City, still unstable. I don't know if Matt Castle is the guy. I just don't know if he's the guy yet. I mean, he excelled in that uh, Patriots scheme, but he also had a much better offensive line in front of him. Most guys don't get hit sitting behind that offensive line in New England. So Matt Castle benefited from that situation. They gave him a big contract. They brought him in here. Now he's injured, and he's been inconsistent. There have been moments that we thought, Matt Castle was the guy, and there have been equal moments where people go, ooh, I'm not sure. So do you leave a guy like Jeff Garcia out there, or do you bring him in here? The problem with that is if you bring him in, he's going to expect an opportunity to start. And what if he does? What if you do bring a guy like that in here, and he does get some playing time, and then the fans start to call for his head? Does that uh, put Todd Haley and Scott Pioli in a bad light? Does that put Matt Castle in a bad light? You've got a lot of money committed to $63 million committed to this guy. 
you wonder if Jeff Garcia is one of those guys that you bring in here. I do think that if you could get a hold of Corey Ivey, who was released from the Giants, uh, he would help a defensive back, and the defensive back situation here has been questionable at best. These guys are making tackles eight or nine yards down the field, and Bernard Pollard wasn't making tackles, and that's why he's no longer a chief. So I think you could take a shot at a guy like that. And then a couple of wide receivers, David Tyree. Imagine that. Imagine you're David Tyree, and you catch a football on your head, and you help win a Super Bowl for the New York Giants, ruining the Patriots' undefeated season. Uh, does, Todd, does Todd Haley and Scott Pioli bring him in here? Do they bring him in here knowing that he was uh, a killer for the, the Patriots? Does Scott Pioli go, you know what, that's a guy I want to bring in here. I think he can help the football team. Uh, Dane Looker, also available right now, uh, a guy that had a, a pretty good career with the Rams, uh, released by the Lions. you got Marlon McCree from the Jaguars is out there. Leonard Pope is a good tight end. Uh, you might need a good receiving tight end with the lack of help that we've had at wide receiver. And I'll go, who knows? Terrence Copper might be the guy. Bobby Ingram might be the guy. So, you know, those guys are out there. Who else is out there? Jamie Winborn, good linebacker. Good. Now, let me ask you this question. I'll, I'll, even, I'll, I'll take another deviant term. We can talk about this after the top of the hour as well. We can continue on with that discussion. Um, do you give a guy who is on the downside of his career another year in the sun in an effort to try and shore up your future? You know, obviously you're building the team around Matt Castle. You're building the team around Dwayne Bowe and some young players, and obviously a young defense. Do you bring in a Jamie Winborn? I mean, they tried that with Zach Thomas, and obviously he was uh, never able to get healthy and is on the unemployment line right now. But do you bring a guy like that in? Do you bring a, you know, a Dan Klecko, who has been a great special teams guy and a decent fullback, do you bring him in here to try and shore that up? He may not be the answer in the long term, but he certainly could, uh, could be helpful in the short term. As we continue on, 576-7610, uh, sport not a sport, Chiefs fan forever. Bring it. You're up next on 610 Sports. What do you got? Uh, this is Chiefs fan forever. Uh, I was uh, just kind of commenting on your uh, on your New England line uh, comment. Um, they were one of the well, probably like mediocre teams last year, and Ca- uh, Castle playing for them got sacked like forty eight times or something like that. Yeah, but that's still it's still a better performance than what happened here. I mean, they were still a better team, and you know what? They weren't. They no, weren't. I, I don't doubt that. I'm just talking about Lion and and what you said. They were not one of the top top uh, lines in the league. Well, they have been traditionally over the past six or seven years. So I appreciate the call. As a, wow, is that hip hop? Are we about busted? Am I going to pop and lock? So now I feel like Nick is in his house. It's all good. It's Neanderthal sitting in for What's Right and Nick Wright on Six Ten Sports Radio as we continue on. Uh, Josh Klinger's got a break. We'll be up in just a few on Six Ten Sports. You're listening to What's Right. What's Right with Nick Wright on KCSP.